Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Layla, and you're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you can join us. Before we get into the Word, LaCharles, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for the tremendous blessings that you have poured out in our lives, Lord, and just giving us wisdom and knowledge in you, Lord, and just removing all the knowledge that we've gained for ourselves in the world, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for helping us to see the bigger picture, Lord, and just actually worship you, Lord. And Jesus, actually, I invite your Holy Spirit into our midst, Lord, and just uh-huh. ask that he continues to dwell with us and to dwell inside of us as we go in our day and as we go through this devotional. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. We're glad that you could join us as we continue our study in 1 Corinthians. So we are... In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and we're beginning in verse 17. And with that, can I get a volunteer to read from verse 17 through 24, please? I will. All right, promise. And it says, But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord called each one, so let him walk. And so ordained in all the churches. Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Let each one remain in the same calling in which he is called. Were you called while, but if you were made, were you concerned about it? But if you remain free, oh, were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about. It. But if you can be made free, rather use it. But for he who is called in the Lord while slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he, he who is called while free is a Christian slave. Is Christ's slave. You are bought at price. Do not become slaves of men, brethren. Let each one remain with God in the state in which he was called. All right, so as is our, our culture, what we normally do is open the floor to to you guys, to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to your heart, and to ask any questions that you have. All right? Yes. So, the floor is yours. Who'd like to begin? I will. All right, LaCharles. I found verse 20 and 21, verses 20 and 21 very interesting because it just reminded me of how sometimes in life... I know personally, if somebody's doing something and it looks like what they're doing is correct, I try to go do it myself because I think that's what's supposed to be done. But Paul is clearly stating here is that how the Lord calls you is what he wants you, not as that spiritual state, but how he wants you to progress, but he doesn't want you to go try to change stuff to fit something that he didn't tell you to do. Like, And Paul was saying that if you are um, uncircumcised and the Lord told you to be circumcised, of course go do that. What matters is following the, what the Lord said. The same is true with Peter. When the blanket with all the pigs and stuff were inside of it and came down, the Lord said, Peter, rise and eat. But Peter was unable to eat because he thought he was going to defile his mouth by eating it. Same is true here. Paul is saying that while 
you try you keep yourself holy from things clearly saying the word that you're not supposed to do. The Lord shouldn't have to spell it out to you. You're also supposed to listen and have guidance for that situation specifically because he may have something else he wants you to do. That's all. Thank you, sweetheart. Uh-huh. Um, go for a problem. Okay, I'll go next. The Lord was showing me what to... First, he showed me verse 17 where it says, But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And also, verse 18 where it says, Was anyone called well circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Let him not be... Wait. Was anyone, was anyone called well circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called well, uh, well uncircumcised? Let him be circum. Let, let him not be uncircumcised. Sir- tongue twister there, huh? Yes, and <laughs> circumcision is nothing. Uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the command commandments of God is what matters. The Lord showing me that with that doesn't necess- It doesn't matter where you are. Who, what position you have in life, or. What you, yes, not what you are, because most, of, not most of the time, sometimes people slip up and think, okay, because these people, they're Christians, so I have to follow inside their footsteps, but that's incorrect. You have to do what the Lord tells you, and kind of. Remind me when I was reading it, and they do what was right. What was right inside of their own eyes? They're not listening to the Lord and going, "Lord, is this right?" They're going, "It looks right to my eyes, so I'm gonna do it." Okay, can you make that a little bit more clear for me, and, and give me some more information, honey? Yes. Okay, go ahead. So, Lord, show me that. What really matters is what the Lord tells you, not what pe- other people that are inside of the Lord look like. Okay. Like whether they're free or slave, slaves. Just like with I forgot. Uh, I one second. I have to look at his name. Nehemiah. That's his name. Nehemiah. Okay. What about him? Technically, Nehemiah was a slave. He didn't go search for freedom. And go. I have to be free in order to be inside the Lord. Or Ab- was it Abraham? Yes, yeah, so it was Abraham. Abraham what? He didn't go. Oh, because I'm uncircumcised, uncir- I have to go circum. Wait. Abraham didn't know about circumcision until the Lord told him to do it, and that's what caused Abraham to become circumcised, is because God asked him to. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, baby. I was saying people like that didn't go because I'm uncircumcised. Uncircumcised means I should go get. Wait, so you're I, saying Abraham didn't disqualify himself? Yes, he because didn't disqualify himself because of these pre-determined things. He chose what to do what the Lord said, not what was right inside his own eyes. Okay, I can see that. Um, it's important that we we do what honors and glorifies God, and not what's right in our own eyes, and in 
this section, you can also see he's talking about natural status or conditions. He's saying if you have a certain appearance on the outside, like being a slave or, or a condition, being a slave versus free, or God called you while you were circumcised versus uncircumcised, those things don't create separation between you and the Lord. So it's not the focus, but God is rather concerned with your heart. So if God calls us while in sin, of course, he expects us to come out of that. He doesn't say you have to clean yourself up and then you can come to me. So he's not mm -hmm. talking about that, a spiritual condition, which is what you mentioned. He's talking about natural conditions, which may be how much money do you make right now? Where do you live? Um, are you a slave or are you a freed person? Are you circumcised already because you, your parents, for some reason, knew already about the circumcision and engaged you in that? Or you circumcise yourself at some point? Or are you uncircumcised? Those outward conditions aren't the concern as much as the inward man, which is why he said, um, let's see, where is that? But keeping the commandments of God is what matters. So, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I thought um, both of you were heading in a little bit different direction, which made me think about it differently, and that is um, <clears throat> to make sure... Um, you know, when I first came into a um, a more full knowledge of of Christ and Him becoming my Savior, um, the, where I was going to church, the pastor was putting a lot of pressure on me that maybe I should go into the ministry, mm -hmm. and by that he meant you know become a pastor, right, or become an evangelist or become a missionary, uh -huh. you know, and all these labels of what he thought um, that's supposed to look like, and um, I I didn't you know it confused me and it scared me as sure. well because I didn't know enough to know what God was calling me to, but I didn't think he was calling me to that. Right. So certainly there's that component there, um, which led me into thinking that the, there's the other part that we as Christians should be very careful, especially with new believers, in that what we proclaim over them about what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because so many people in Christendom do have their own beliefs about how that works out. And um, because God can speak to us so profoundly so uniquely so personally so deeply that sometimes we get hung up with what we have everybody's supposed to have instead mm -hmm. of allowing each person to have their own unique individual personal relationship with christ and it's up to them to flesh that out what it is mm -hmm. we help them along that way but only so much as the holy spirit is leading us mm -hmm. and what god's already doing in them that's right that's right so you know, there was a, a time, especially in our our Christian culture, where we felt like if you love God, of course you're supposed to be doing some kind of ministry thing, versus God said he left us in the world. We're not of the world, but Jesus specifically prayed, not that God would take us out of the world or isolate us, but to leave us in the world so that way we would have the opportunity to be light and salt, as you guys said already, and that we'd have the opportunity to diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge throughout the whole world and the whole earth so other people would have the opportunity to come to Jesus Christ. So in the... The essence of a good idea, maybe not being a God idea, it's a good thing to be in the ministry if God called you to it. But if he didn't, be where he asked you to be, you know, and it's also important for us not to assume other people's identities in Christ. Well, you're a pastor, so I should be a pastor. But like, wait, 
you know, when Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, he said, follow the characteristics, not become me, not assume my identity. And we're all, you know, little, um, <laughs> we're all taking, uh, assuming other people's identities and, you know, committing identity fraud in, in, the, in the kingdom of God. And God's like, no, I didn't make everybody an eyeball. I needed a hand. I needed fingers. I needed nerving, nervous systems. I needed joints. I needed ligaments. I needed all of those things to make the whole body function and to walk and talk and do what it is I've created it to do. So thank you, Dean. I appreciate that. You know, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life is so important. And it's, he has so much to say to us, so much. He's the one who guides us into a perfected place in him. He's the one who makes us flourish and blossom so that everyone is able to enjoy the sweet fragrance and the aroma that God has designed for us to diffuse. And they may be complimentary, like when you go into a, a, a garden and you see all the different flowers and they're all putting off their perfume and it makes this beautiful fragrance that is almost intoxicating it's like wow this is so great but we can only have that when holy spirit is the one who's making those calls and guiding us and giving us, us that direction and being satisfied with what god has called us to at the same time being appreciative like lord it's okay that i'm a fingernail i'm going to be the best fingernail that you created <laughs> i'm going to be the best fingernail i can be or you know whatever that is Yeah, I love the points that are are being brought up, and especially, and we'll just start from verse 17. Uh, as I read that, well, Dean, you brought up an interesting one. We'll start with this. A lot of times, our brothers and sisters in Christ can attempt to, to lead us or guide us, but clearly what you're saying is it's not coming from the Lord. It's coming out of the flesh. It just appears well, based on how much you love the Lord and how much time you spend in his word, you clearly should be doing this. And and it might be well-meaning flesh. Yeah. You know, I don't, everybody's not out to do us harm, but nope, it might be nope. well-meaning, but. Absolutely. But well, unfortunately, what it really boils down to is they, they don't understand God's word. And sometimes we think, um, and, and we have a friend who talks about, be very careful how you speak about the Lord's bride. Uh -huh. But there are, there are many in our culture that are in a position of leadership, but being called a pastor, a preacher, an elder, a teacher, whatever, they really don't understand God's word. And their misunderstanding of that gets perpetrated out. And um, it, it may not be malice intentionally from them, but it's still wrong. Right. And so that's, that's one, I'll say, side of, of it is we receive guidance, our job, uh, personally, uh, each individual, our role then is to take that before the Lord. Right, and this is something we talk about all the time in this ministry. Right, what did the Lord say about it? It's a question we always ask. <laughs> Anyone that's spent any time around us has heard that question uh, probably more times than they can count. Well, what did the Lord say about it? Can I take a quick aside there? Please, on that yes. Note so that maybe everybody understands. So what I believe the two of you are trying to model is not only, you know, as we expand on this, but also the methodology to grow in it. And so mm -hmm. most everything that is spoken here is not meant to be declarative. It's meant to be how we're all processing it and giving us a chance to process and understand what God's word is saying to us and offering different perspectives so that we can understand it deeper and better, but also challenge ourselves by putting our beliefs out where they 
where, the, where there's a safe place amongst the, the, the brethren to help us if we're not correct in our thinking so that we can get correct in our thinking. And this is a model for doing that, talking it out, reading it out together with somebody and saying, well, this is what it means to me. And then and being okay if that's challenged in a loving atmosphere like this. Exactly. And with that, and also, uh, uh, we talk about assumptions a little bit, right? There, it denotes or assumes, presumes, whichever way you want to phrase it, that we or that you have a relationship with the Lord, that you can hear his voice and clearly hear his voice. It has nothing to do with a lack of trust for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And they may, as we were saying, may be well-intentioned and well-meaning. However, my obedience is to the Lord, not to my brothers and sisters in Christ. If I'm obedient to the Lord, then it is automatically going to fulfill anything that I, any obligation or responsibility as, it, as the Lord says, it's summed up in the law and the prophets, my, I'll say, love towards my neighbor, and especially my brother and sister in Christ. It's already accounted for in just being obedient to the Lord. So we have to first, well, what we commonly ask or constantly ask is, well, what would the Lord say to you about it? Right? Because you have a relationship with the Lord. You don't need to hear about it, uh, what the Lord said through me. He wants to speak to you directly. Now, will he also go to, to us or to another brother and sister in Christ and speak a word to you? Yes. But typically that happens when we're not listening or, or maybe struggling with something the Lord said. So then he has to get someone else to say, hey, uh, I'm going to say this to you again through this person, right? Maybe someone we trust or, or maybe someone we don't even know. Right, but in there is also a I'll say a, a keying or cueing into, wait, yeah, that confirms something else that I heard from the Lord, right? And we see that and hear about that constantly, which which is great. But getting back to this, right? So, oh, well, the other side of that is there are unfortunately many in the body of Christ that have. I'll say almost taking a, a role or position of not doing anything until they get approval from uh, their pastor or whoever the case is, right? Whoever has been appointed to, to lead them or whose congregation they sit in. And if that's the case, I have to ask, how are you being obedient to the Lord? Are you doing everything that the Lord has asked you to do? Right? Who is your God? The pastor? Or the Lord? And, and yes, it's a harsh question, right? But we have to ask that because of, again, if I'm trying to be obedient to a person, regardless of their role, an apostle, a pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, shepherd, right? Whatever, whatever way you want to phrase it, a prophet even, am I being obedient to the Lord? Because again, as we were discussing, there may be well-intentioned, but it may not be what the Lord's saying. It's our role and our responsibility to bring it before the Lord, to hear exactly what he's saying, and then to go do it. And you see that exact, what we're describing right now, Paul addresses in verse 17, right? But as God has distributed to each one, and as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And then as his place as an apostle, and I don't know if everyone understands an apostle's role, 
So they either receive for themselves directly from the Lord or the prophet hears from the Lord and says what the Lord says, right? Being the mouthpiece of the Lord. And apostles make, it's not just to establish churches. Their role is to take that and make it binding. The instruction of the Lord, the word of the Lord in the churches, the places that they have been given authority over by the Lord. Right? It's not just about apostles don't just go and start churches. So Paul does that. And you see that in the, the last half of that verse. He says, And so I ordain in all the churches. Now, I want to give you an example. In Acts 8, verse 26, right? An angel of the Lord speaks to Philip and says, and commands him, right? Go forward down the, the south road, which goes along Jerusalem to Gaza. And then it says, and this is desert. But then verse 27 says this, And so he arose and went. And actually some versions say, And he immediately went. He d- it doesn't say that he, he said, Okay, well wait, angel of the Lord, I've got to go clear this and get permission from my pastor, from my other brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? I've got to, I've got to wait until I've been given approval. The Lord gave him approval and an assignment and an appro- and authority, permission to go do it. Approval to go do it. The Lord did that. So again, I would ask, this is something we all have to address in our lives. Are we listening to God or man? Are we being obedient to God or man? Because it matters. Right, which goes into... Please, comment, brother. Well, I mean, you just you said something a few moments ago about an assumption, and it, it seems to me that we would be remiss not to bring this up. Okay. So um, let's just take an example. Um, most people are familiar with college or higher education, mm-hmm. and it is not the role of the professor or the teacher to provide you everything that's necessary to acquire your certification, your diploma. Um, most colleges tell you it is a minimum of 2.5 hours that you'll have to spend on your own uh, based on every hour you spend in the classroom. For, for every credit hour, yes. For every, for every credit hour. And um, so when we talk about hearing the Lord, when we talk about maturing in Christ, when we talk about uh, mature believers, it's based upon an assumption that you are actively personally engaged in time alone with God every day in engaging in his word not just a devotional that's got one scripture at the top of it and three paragraphs underneath it of what some man said about it but it's like spending time in the word um I personally believe it also means spending time in worship I don't think there's anywhere in the Bible you're going to find this written that says you're supposed to spend 2.5 hours every day in the word that's not what God is trying to do you need to listen to the Holy Spirit but the best place to start in that is by spending time in his word I, I for lack of a better word fought it forever uh, Charles Stanley one of my favorite preachers to, to listen to um, um, you know, kept saying it all the time and finally one day I just said I've got to stop playing with this I'm not going to have the relationship that I say I want to hear I'm not going to hear the Holy Spirit the way I say I want to hear him if I'm not willing to put in the work to do it, I'm not ready to graduate to the next level. I'm, I'm in elementary school. And so for many people, um, they've come to a knowledge of Christ for salvation only. And 
uh, as we say in America, but maybe they'll get into heaven on the skin of their teeth. I don't know. But Christ came, you know, that we would have life to the fullest. And we're not going to have that full relationship with him if we don't spend time with him. Uh-huh. And the people that are important in our lives, we find time and spend time with them. And so that should be evidenced in your relationship with Christ and the amount of time that you spend with him and first and foremost engaging in his word. And I'm not saying thus says the Lord. I'm just saying that's what I've found to be true in my life. And I'd be surprised if you found anything else to be true in your life if you were honest with yourself. So we have to talk about that assumption. That has to be there, yes. John, because what you're saying is, is worthless and meaningless apart from that. Uh, absolutely. We have to cultivate that relationship with the Lord, right? I mean, we, we talked a lot about marriage, right? So with well, Kamisha and I, how can I get to know my wife, my helpmate, if I'm not spending any time with her? How, how well would that work out? For the relationship, for the strength of the relationship. I, I can tell if you. If I jumped on a plane and I fly to China, hey, honey, I want to I want to learn more about you, so I'm going to go to China or wherever, right? Like, just pick a place thousands of miles away. I, I said China because it's quite literally on the opposite side of the earth. But I'm getting closer to you, honey, right? Like, you would you would laugh. You'd say that, no, that that's the complete opposite of what you're trying to do. Well, think about it like Sunday. I mean, a lot of people think Sunday's the day to go spend an hour in church. I mean, think about if you told your spouse... Hey, I'm going to hang out with you Sunday for an hour. And they just disappeared for the whole rest of the week. Didn't come home, didn't call, do nothing. Next Sunday, you showed up, said, Hey, I'm spending an hour with you today. See how much I love you? See how much how, how valuable our, our relationship is? I'll see you next week for about an hour. Mm-hmm. How long do you think that's going to last? Not very long. <laughs> and then also, you have to spend meaningful time. Uh-huh. Now, as a woman, you know, you come and sit in the room. And you're playing on your phone or you're sleeping. You have spent no time with me. I don't know where that happened. (laughs) So, you know, God has to be more real to us. Jesus has to be more real to us than anything and anyone else. And when he becomes that, you'll begin to look at him and think about him in a way that you can't help but love him. That when you think of him as he's a real person, he's a real God, he's a real being, he exists, and he is are everything and when your mind begins to go wait god i'm always in your presence and you're always in mine and so you see you hear what do you think about that god and begin to engage with him get get in there and read your bible and as you're reading lord what do you think about this literally my kids my family knows this i go around my house and i'm I'm talking to the lord all the time and they're like me mommy i'm like no i'm talking to the lord because he's real and we are always together I'm more one with God than I am with my husband or with my family. Vice versa. Because he's real. And when I just looked at a page and I thought, okay, I'm putting my time in, you know, here's my stamp, clock my, and I'm reading, I don't get anything out of it if I'm just approaching him like that. But when I read it, I'm like, okay, Lord, I know you're here. I know I'm looking at what you've left for me to to read, to get to know you. And I'm enjoying going through your word. And, and also I'm engaging with you and talking with you and letting you have the opportunity to talk with me. The word and that, that experience becomes alive and rich, as you say, Dean. And then you get to, then you'll experience that um, intimacy with the Lord. Then you'll experience that closeness and that bonding with him that makes you want to stay. I, again, I think I just would be amiss if I didn't share my own testimony in that. And so um, to anyone who's listening, if you think this is about a feeling, you're wrong. 
Uh-huh. This has nothing to do with feelings. In fact, quite the contrary to feelings. So um, for me, and I do believe it's very similar for most people, it's about discipline and you know, love being a verb, right? It's an action word, right? There, there are times when you may not feel like spending time with your spouse, but because you do care about your spouse, you may decide to spend time anyway and position yourself to do that. Um, I tell a lot of people on my team all the time, they're talking about wanting to be at a place in their career. Mm-hmm. And they, they want these things to uh, auto-magically appear, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> well, I, you know, I watched a YouTube video for five minutes. Everything should be cool now. You know, I should know how to do everything, you know. If you go to your fireplace... And you say, when you get me warm, I'll put some wood in you. You're going to be cold for a long, long time. Um, if, if, you know, from the standpoint, you, you got to go plant the tree. You have to nurture the tree. <laughs> if you're going um, through the whole process, you got to fell the tree. You got to cut the tree. You got to you got to split the tree. You got to you got to stack the wood. You got to age the wood. You got to bring it in the house. You got to develop kindling. You got to clean the flue. You got. I mean, there's a lot of work uh-huh. that goes into that to make that happen. So my personal experience was. When I finally made the decision that I was tired of lying to myself about my relationship with Christ and having any value and having any depth to it, and I accepted the discipline of that, for me, it meant getting in the Word every day. And the only way I could ensure that happened, it meant first thing in the morning. I, I do believe it's the right way to do it. I think it models Christ, that he got up early and went away in the morning to spend time with the Father. Um, it was two and a half years, approximately, that one day I realized I was no longer doing it because it was my discipline. I was doing because I wanted to. It took me two and a half years. And that may, that may seem daunting to some, but, I mean, it was worth it to me ultimately that, you know, when I wake up and my eyes open in the morning, I'm, I'm rushing to spend time in the Word. And not because I'm so great, not because I'm so spiritual, not because I'm blessed more than you. It's just I accepted the fact that I had to, to cast away the lie, that it was just going to happen it was about the way I felt, and I had to put in the work to develop that relationship, and I'm richly blessed because of that. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And in line with what we were talking about here, and this is just verse 17 of, of this, this yeah, part, sorry, right? Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack. No, no, it's, it's, that. these are all so great. Important that this, this, really, this whole exercise of this is worthless if you're not going to do this part of it because this isn't going to mean anything to you. Right. You're not going to get out of it what you, what you should by spending time in community with your fellow brothers and sisters like you're doing by listening to this so that you can get even more. Absolutely. So, which is, you brought up great points, and it flows with this, like, absolutely. Um, he says, if it's distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk, right? And then he makes this, this proclamation, so I ordain in all the churches. That's, that's Paul, right? And it's not the only time he says this, right? Uh, Hebrews 12. Uh, I'm going to read the first couple verses, right? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that is set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He literally, in one line, 
let us run with endurance the race set before us, says the exact same thing he's saying here in verse 17 of Corinthians uh, 7, 17. All right? Run the race set before you. Your race is not my race. There may be some some similar... Commonalities. Right, some commonalities. Thank you. That's a great, great way to phrase that, honey. There may be some commonalities. But your race and your walk with the Lord isn't going to look exactly like mine. And vice versa. Mine isn't going to look like yours or anyone else's. Right? But then, <laughs> uh, in Hebrews 12, 2... Right, he tells he gives us the process. Look unto Jesus, not to man. Right? Don't let's can can man help confirm what the Lord said? Yes. Yeah, we talked about that already. They can. Our brothers and sisters in Christ can confirm things that the Lord has said to us. But it is our job and our responsibility to look unto Jesus, to hear him clearly in what he is saying to us with what to say and what to do. That's where our obligation is. And so Paul makes all that abundantly clear here in the first verse that we went over. And then Paul begins to, to build on it. And, and essentially, what he's saying, right? Does anyone call Walser uncircumcised, or wall circumcised, excuse me, let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not become circumcised. And verse 19 is, is the key there. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Again, running the race set before you. That's what matters. The race set before you. Your race is not my race. You have to be obedient to what he's telling you to do and saying to you to say, as do I, and as do all that are joint heirs and followers of Christ, also exhibited in Christ as our pattern and example. <laughs> right? Um, hey, and John, that word that's used for keeping there? Yes. Um, the definition is a prison or an observance. Its origin is from watching, observance, concretely a prison. The locking that down. Mm -hmm. keeping that commandment of what God has given us. Oh, I see we're at the same place. I'll let you, you read it. Go for it. Because we're going to talk about the same thing. So, oh, okay. So I was it. just going to read Romans chapter 2, uh, verses 25 through 20, 29. Uh -huh. It says, For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? For if for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, the circumcision that is of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So that scripture just kind of sums up all that we're talking about. God is looking for the inward man to conform to him, your heart to be set on him, 
and doing the things that are pleasing, but believing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And then God will approve you. And man's approval is irrelevant. They didn't approve our Lord and Savior. Those who should have known him and recognized him first and foremost, who put their everyday effort into studying the word, you know, or seeking out traditions. And really they departed from the word because they missed the whole spirit of what God was saying. They were trying to make, um, what is it? Your written code, <laughs> make a written code by which they would exalt themselves and, justify their own and exonerate themselves from doing what it was that God required by your traditions. You make the word of God of no effect is what Jesus said to them. But those same people that, purported to want to do the things of God, actually did not um, recognize their Lord and Savior right in front of them, and they were the ones that did not approve of him. So we are, again, looking for, for our approval from, from the Lord. And as we study the word, not to put ourselves or anyone else in bondage, but to look unto Jesus, to behold him in the, the written form, the scriptural form, as we're beholding him in a spiritual form as well, and continue to grow with him. And, and just to build off of what you just read and spoke about in Corinth, uh, Romans 2, that's from verses 25 through 29. Paul, I'll, I'll say, well, the Lord through Paul, sets that part up in verses 12 through 16. And I won't read it. I'll let you guys read it on your own. But he literally talks about the exact thing you were just discussing with justification and how men, people, those with the law, attempted to justify themselves. And then Paul, what he has received from the Lord, and stating, hey, uh, but the Gentiles didn't have the law. But this is how they are justified. And it's how we each are justified. Right? And if we go back to, to Hebrews right, uh, 12, and, 12, 1 and 2, let's not forget that chapter 11 is the great faith chapter. Right? All these heroes of the faith are, are found in that chapter. And he's discussing how they lived, which is incredible, right? But it's literally, I'll say, the requirement for every child of God. Live in this manner. We should all be, uh, I'll say, generals or heroes of the faith, as it were. Right? Living in the same way, pattern and example, set forth for us in Christ. So... I just want to encourage people with that, all right? And and also educate because, you know, through, for what, a number of different reasons, we have sometimes misunderstood or misinterpreted what's there and, and I'll say what the Lord is saying to us and, and actually requiring of us. Mm -hmm. And um, we're, we're here to help with that, I guess. <laughs> That's part of the reason the Lord has sent us, right? So that we we can all understand, right? And it's not that we're, eh, I'll even say this because it's addressed in there, right? Uh, in verse 22, right? Whoever is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man, right? We are not bound by sin, right? But the law of liberty has set us free from the law of sin and death, which is only found in the Lord, right? That's why he continues. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. And Paul, 
lives out his life to exemplify this, right? Follow me as I follow Christ. And how does he mostly begin most of his letters or epistles? I'm a bondservant of Christ. I, I'm, or a slave of Christ, depending on your translation. I'm also an apostle in Christ, by the will of God, right? He says that quite often or quite frequently. But he acknowledges his place. And then he also, even at one point, says, I can't serve men and God. If I am serving men, then I am not God's bondservant or slave. All right? Again, let's go full circle to the beginning of our discussion. We are, have a role and a responsibility to bring everything before the Lord. Let it pass by before him. What does he say about it? What is he instructing us to do in the moment? And then let's do that. That's obedience, right? Yes. So, as he says in 23 and 24, you're bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, let each one remain with God in the state in which he was called. Right? Yes. So, I just want to encourage each of us today. Just be obedient to the Lord. Just walk forward in what he's doing. Which is what Paul is is writing about he's not he's kind of transitioned from marriage a little bit, but he's using he used marriage in the, the first part of chapter seven to kind of set the tone for what it's supposed to look like. If I love the Lord, I am going to be obedient to him, to everything he says. Right? Almost like a slave. But in so doing, if I truly love the Lord, I will also love my neighbor as my as myself. Or my spouse, my helpmate, as myself. All right? Yes. And I will be serving my neighbor. All right? What did Jesus say to his disciples? He who desires to be great among you will be what? First a servant. A servant to all. But if I truly love you, then I have to first love the Lord, one. And two, if I love you, then I want the the best for you. And the best that I know only comes from the Lord. So, if I love you, then I want the Lord's best for you. And then I will do everything, I'll say, in my power to be obedient to what the Lord is telling me to do for you. To speak what he says to speak and to do what he says to do. To build you up, to encourage you, to equip you, to admonish you. And yes, if need be, to rebuke in order to provide an opportunity for you to see and come into alignment with what the Lord is saying and wants and desires for you, which ultimately is for your good, because it's his best. Any questions on any of that? No. So just real quick, how can you get started with this? First of all, make a decision. Make a decision. If you're going to come in, come in and decide to walk with the Lord fully. And if that means salvation, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that means having a more genuine and authentic relationship with him, commit to go deeper. And then that's the second step as well. Commit. Um, sometimes we can say things with our mouth, but we have no intention of carrying it out. And um, But when you make a 
make that decision, also commit to do the work that's required. And I don't mean works of the flesh. I mean, put forth the effort, the time, the energy that's, com- that's required to deepen your relationship with the Lord. Commit to spending time in the word. Commit to spending time in prayer. Commit to fellowshipping with believers that are actually living and demonstrating the things of God in their own lives. And keep going. There's no point that we reach that we've had enough of Jesus and we can coast. <laughs> we need them every day, full on, 100%. This is a journey. This is a marathon, the marathon of all marathons, the longest race <laughs> in the world. The so be ready, well, commit absolutely. to it, and commit to going 100% all the way. That's the first step, and, and keep doing that over and over. Keep doing it over and over. When we find what works, we repeat it, right? Yes. Keep doing it over and over. And God will never leave you or forsake you. There is no one that has cried out and looked for him that he has not made himself available to. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's let's pause there for today. There's a lot to to look over, search over in scripture and you know, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak and minister to you on what we said. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate. Reach out. You can contact us at a day of prayer at yahoo.com and we'd love to hear from you. How this, it, well, first I'll say to answer any questions you have, but if, if this ministered to you or spoke to you, like we'd love to hear about that too. We'd love to connect and, and engage with, with each of you. So yeah, don't, don't be shy. It's okay. You're, we'd love to hear from you and love to provide you the opportunity to reach out to us. So with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your mercy and your goodness, Lord. And I ask that you will bless our listeners, Lord, and guide their steps, Lord, and just keep them in the shadow of your wings, Lord, and make their minds clear, Lord, and their eyes open to you, Lord, so that everywhere they look, they see you, Lord, and they desire you, Lord, and desire to be closer to you, Lord. And I just thank you for all the blessings that you've given us and all the things that you've been doing for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.